Welcome back to the 2019 NMSDC Annual Conference taking place in Atlanta, Georgia, October 15th, where we're launching Procurement Innovation Live. We have had a number of tremendous leaders in manufacturing, in finance, in the VC world, all across the board, and I'm very honored we have one of the leaders in the diversity space of any type of endeavor. Uh, he's been a leader in the sports area for a long time, and he's the head of diversity inclusion for Major League Baseball. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so, for having me. We're very honored. So I'd like to know, you know, what, you know, we've heard in the past, you're, you're, you have such a big role and responsibility, not only because it's Major League Baseball, but Major League Baseball has always been thought of as one of those leaders in this space, right? You know, you're going back to 50 years ago in the central moment of breaking through, right? So tell us a little bit about what your current role and responsibilities are. Sure. Um, so again, I, I am head of diversity and inclusion for Major League Baseball. And, and to your point, right, it's diversity has been at the forefront for us as a league um, since Jackie Robinson integrated the sport in 1947. And, you know, we have carried that tradition with us through um, up until now. And, and for us, DNI is a part of the culture for us. And, um, our diversity and inclusion department, we kind of break the world down into kind of three buckets. You know, the first is talent, obviously, right? So we're looking at recruitment and retention policies on how we attract um, a more diverse talent pool to come work at MLB. Um, and so that's the recruitment aspect. And so we're engaged with the historically black colleges across the country, um, Hispanic institutions across the country, women colleges across the country, really just trying to diversify uh, what those candidate pools even look like when we have open positions within the league. Um, the other side of that is the retention policies, right? So once, once you hire them, you've got to figure out how to keep them. And um, so we look to really figure out ways in which we can en engage our employees so that they want to stick around and want to be a part of the MLB family and grow with us as a league over time. And so we have employee resource groups and all kinds of inside and, and um, operational aspects of growth and development and leadership training uh, for our employees. So that's one bucket, the talent. The second bucket is the business. And so we look at operationally how diversity and inclusion can enhance our brand. And so it's simple, it's things as this, supplier diversity is a very, uh, a large part of our operational um, infrastructure. We have the longest running supplier diversity program in sports. Uh, we Last year we celebrated 20 years of supplier diversity. We launched our program in 1998 um, and we're the first in sports to do that. And so um, over time we have spent billions of dollars with diverse businesses since 98 up until now and, and you know we celebrate and applaud that. Um, but also realizing we still have a way to go. Um, and it, at the end of the day it's really just about enhancing our profitability, right? Because we are still looking for top quality providers, suppliers, vendors, uh, but at the same time, you know, with a focus on diversity. And so that's the business. And then the last bucket from a DNI perspective is really the brand. And for us, that's, look, anytime anybody sees that silhouetted batter logo, what do they think about baseball? And that's everybody. So what do African-Americans think about baseball? What do Hispanics think about baseball? What do women think about baseball? What does the LGBTQ community think about baseball? And so for us, it's really around fan engagement, making sure that everybody feels a part of the baseball experience, 
Um, we just recently went through an exercise from a disability perspective because that's a part of diversity that people don't often talk about um, to make sure all the ballparks are ADA accessible, right? If you're in a wheelchair, we want you to experience the game the same way somebody else does. Um, and so all of those things from a, from a fan engagement, fan experience, cultural aspects, um, anything activation led like the all-star game, anything experiential, we want to make sure everybody that walks into a ballpark or experiences this game is enjoying it. So it's tremendous, the buckets that you got. I don't even know how one organization manages all that. Now, you know, talk to uh, one of the other leagues earlier today, and they kind of highlighted the challenge that they have on, you know, probably getting the franchisees who are very solo in how they want to manage. Do you face that challenge as well? Absolutely. I mean, you know, our league, it's it's built on a franchise model. And so the the teams, the clubs are, are essentially their own companies. They have their own ownership group, um, their own presidents, CFOs, all the way down. And um, as a result of that, you know, I sit in the commissioner's office. I can't necessarily mandate that they do anything. They yes. are independent entities. Um, but what we've been able to do is really talk to them about the value add of a diversity and inclusion um, program is such that they want to buy in. It makes sense for them to participate in this. They realize that it not only enhances their bottom line from a dollar perspective, such uh, directly, such as something like supplier diversity, but recruitment, retention, fan engagement, all of that adds to revenue and top line as well. So I, I'm happy to say, you know, the bulk of our clubs, all of our clubs are engaged in some form or fashion in a diversity and inclusion model. I think even as recent as this year, um, June is Pride Month, this was the first year that all 30 clubs had some sort of pride activity throughout the year, which was a first for us and a big deal. We had a couple of clubs that had been holding out for the last <laughs> couple of years, but this year marked the first year that all 30 clubs did something. But, you know, even whether it's Black History Month, which is technically out of season because it's in February, yeah. so we're not actually even playing yet. Um, they all do something. Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, which is in September, they all do something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody's engaged from a DNI perspective because they understand that their fans that are coming into that ballpark to watch the game and sit there for three hours and enjoy an, an incredible experience, we want them to feel a part of it. No, it, it, it's amazing that the revolution and the change that we're seeing, right? And, and one of the things that I find remarkable, because when we were both younger, I'm going to kind of assume we're close to the same age. <laughs> We're not um, going to say what that yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think I've got a few years <laughs> on. So um, there was a point in time that the demographics, at least in the minority demographics, you know, in the 50s, 60s, and early 70s, it was entirely different weighted. I mean, this was the, the primary sport for African Americans. And the, the pull in any major city, you'd go by and you'd see a baseball uh, field, that there would be a minority presence. There would be strong little league teams. And over the last 25, 30 years, we've seen kind of a, a more of a rise within the, the Latin community. And so I know that's a, you, while you want to promote the Latin community, because that's very strong in your customer base, as well as your, uh, the, the players, how has Major League Baseball, and I'm, I'm curious, to, how do they continue to try to grow both with the African-American community, but the millennials, who just have an entirely different mindset of the sport, whether they can sit there for five minutes without staying off their phone? Absolutely, absolutely. And so they are very, very distinct initiatives. Um, so we have um, created within the last five years, I want to say, four or five years, um, a youth uh, development department. 
and their sole focus is to make sure kids are playing this game. And that's all kids. And so there is a focus within our, our youth development department uh, on minorities and girls because girls have been left out of baseball for quite some time, assuming that they were just relegated to playing softball. Yeah. Um, and so we have the RBI program, which is reviving baseball in the inner city. We have the urban youth academies all across the country. There's in Compton, they're in Houston, they're in New Orleans, they're in DC. And so all of these programmatic action items are really designed to make sure kids are playing the game. Now, you've got a bunch of eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds playing the game all across the country, you're not gonna see the results of that for 10 years when they're old enough to potentially make it to the majors, but it's happening right now in large numbers. We have easily upwards of 10,000 kids playing this game across the country right now. Kids of color, that number. Wow. And so, um, you know, I know what's reflected on the field is not what it once was yeah. but you know we are we are very very focused on getting numbers back to where they were um and so that's that's the that's the play playing side in terms of millennials look i think we recognized a while ago that we have to skew our fan demographic younger um what we're relying on to do that is technology our gaming division our vr division like the things that these guys are coming up with now the apps that they're building um the games that we're building phenomenal stuff I've, I've been fortunate to go in and play a few of them and test them <laughs> out and be a guinea pig from time to time um incredible stuff yeah and and so we recognize that the way people the younger folks in particular even consume content these days is very, very different than the way, to your point, you and I consumed yeah. it. We would sit on the couch with dad and watch a game for three hours. Exactly. That doesn't necessarily happen these days anymore. You know, everything is consumed on your phone. And at any time you want, not when it's scheduled, programmed, right? Like you can watch the game three hours after it played and, and on your phone if you have the right streaming capabilities. And so we recognize that, we want to capitalize on that, we want to take advantage of that because honestly, that's the future. Yeah, it's you know I'm excited. I've been a, you know, and I live in a town where in if you're and you're probably familiar, you know, the Braves moved to the Battery, and there was a lot of angst, right? I mean, it's a challenge from from one standpoint. It moved out of the more diverse demographic area where we want to have those people participate. Now, the other side of that equation is the largest travel baseball area in the United States is East Cobb. So Atlanta felt that, hey, you know, so it, it's, it becomes, you know, what's good for the franchise, but what's also good for larger baseball. So I know you guys have some tremendous challenges, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. So if I sat here from a year from now, and I sat here interviewing you, and I asked you what was the success that you were able to do, and what are you most happiest about a year over the course of the next year, what would it be? I mean, again, I think, I think for us, you know, we, we, we're looking forward to certain things taking place. Um, I know, for example, and I probably shouldn't be leaking this, but I know, for example, our gaming division is working on this really cool um, VR experience um, based solely around Jackie Robinson. 
And so you can kind of put the VR, and it's in conjunction with the Smithsonian Institute. So it's going to actually be in the museum in DC and live there for a while. But it's also it's also a VR technology that you can literally set up anywhere, like at an, even a conference like this. And you kind of put the glasses on and you step into the world of Jackie Robinson. So you you can actually act as if you're a batter, as if you were Jackie. Um, but the beauty of it is that there's also some history embedded in this in this game because it walks you through his life and his times and some of the challenges that he had to face, you know, as a player during those during that era. Um, we are ready to debut it at the top of the year. Um, we're looking forward to an incredible Jackie Robinson Day next year. You know, this year we celebrated. Jackie would have been 100 years old today. Uh, wow. This year, his birthday is January 31st. So th earlier this year, we had a whole centennial um, and. A particularly leading into Jackie Robinson Day to celebrate his life and, his, and the importance of his legacy and what he did for this game. Um, in addition to that, next year's All-Star Game is in L.A. and the Dodgers are excited and we're going to have a great time in L.A. leading up to, leading up to that. Um, and so, you know, we've got a lot of things ahead to look forward to. Right now, we're just trying to get through this postseason. <laughs> this is our time, October. <laughs> exactly, right? You know, we're, we're, we're hoping, and I know some of us, uh, our teams didn't get in, you know, we were, we were hoping. We, we, about a week and a half ago, you appreciate this. My biggest challenge was, well, what are we going to do to NMSDC and Game 3, which could have been 20 minutes from here? Right. And I hate to say this, the radio show would have been up there. <laughs> but, uh, Corey, it's, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, Thank you. For us who have been in procurement and close to inclusion and diversity, Corey Smith has been an unbelievable innovator and a leader in things, and especially in an area where there's some challenges that in a centralized corporate you won't see. So we applaud all your efforts. We wish you the best of luck, and hopefully you continue down this uh, great path of success you've had. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.